This. This. Wednesday. 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 All right, hold on. Wait for it. I'm going to pull up the bed here. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Oh. There we go. There's the bed. Yeah. All right, so check it out. We got some technical difficulties this week on Bear Down Wednesday, but uh, yeah, man, that happens. So basically at work, this is Jason Bell, this is Bear Down Wednesday, it's the uh, number one supplemental Bears podcast in the game. I have a job uh, with two computers, and about three months ago one of those computers got taken offline for security reasons, and I'm like, that's cool, I would produce my podcast on there and bring it over to the second computer and upload it there. Well that one, the network is down because it's incredibly unreliable and uh, very sketchy. So now I have two computers, zero internet connection except for my iPhone. So we're just going to voice it on uh, on voice recordings on the iPhone here and just keep it grimy. Anyway, this is uh, Bear Down Wednesdays. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at BD Wednesdays if you have any questions uh, or comments. Also, we can send an email, bdwednesdays at gmail.com. You can find us on SoundCloud and, of course, Apple Podcasts. We are going to go ahead and get into it and take a look at this uh, big victory over the Arizona Cardinals Bears. Bear Down Wednesdays. This, this is Bear Down Wednesdays. All right, so on Sunday, the Bears played the Arizona Cardinals out in the desert. Bears come back and win 16-14. to 14. How do I feel about this game? Number one, um, I'm happy. Like, nobody had the Bears in the playoffs before the season. You know, the rebuild was going to be just going slow, and they were supposed to be 7-9, and best-case scenario, probably more like 5-11 and or 6-10. and but at this point, I think there is a very real roadmap for the Chicago Bears to make the playoffs. Um, never mind the Bears, but you just look at Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is very hurt. He is dinged up. That dude is not right, and that, that situation is not going to get better anytime soon. The Vikings, everybody talked about Kirk Cousins. He's the man if you want your team to be 7-9 and nine or 9-7. Nine and seven. That performance against the Buffalo Bills on Sunday really throws a lot of question marks up about the Vikings. And I think everybody just expects the Detroit Lions to be the Detroit Lions and just not get the most out of their talent. The Bears clearly have improved, and they've improved a lot. They can get in, and obviously it all revolves around this defense. The Khalil Mack trade really turned this franchise around. It turned them from rebuilding into win now, now, like in all capitals, N-O-W now. Um, <clears throat> I hate that the Bears got down two touchdowns early. That obviously isn't ideal, but stuff happens, especially when you're on the road in the NFL. And I hate that Trubisky is either inaccurate or not trusted to throw downfield. Regardless, the Bears got down 14 on the road to an NFL team, and they systematically chipped away until they won the game. Uh, That does not happen under John Fox. I repeat, that does not happen under John Fox. This offense is not a finished product. Obviously, there's a lot of things that that need to be uh, straightened out. They are not the best team in the NFC, obviously, but they are trending in the right direction. And this is a team that is heading towards, you know, possible play. It's not crazy to talk about the Bears going to the playoffs right now. But anyway, coming out of this uh, Cardinals game, Trubisky went for 220 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. Jordan Howard, nobody talking about him. Uh, everybody talking about Mitch. Jordan Howard, 24 carries for 61 yards. He hasn't really broken out yet this year. One touchdown for him on the ground. He did have two catches for 20 yards receiving. Your leading receivers, Trey Burton, uh, 55 yards on four catches, and Allen Robinson, 50 yards on three catches. Meanwhile, for the Cardinals, for the Arizona Cardinals, Bradford, 
157 yards in the air, two touches, two picks. Uh, Josh Rosen did come in there the last couple minutes of the game. Their uh, their main running back, David Johnson, 12 carries, 31 yards, four catches, 30 yards, one uh, one touchdown receiving, and their leading receiver, Christian Kirk, 90 yards receiving on seven catches. All right, right now we are going to take a look inside the numbers. Inside the numbers. numbers. Inside, inside the numbers. All right, that was spectacular. All right, if you look at the NFL league leaders and where do uh, the Chicago Bears rank amongst those league leaders. The leading passer in the NFL right now, of course, fits magic. 1,230 yards passing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we got to keep an eye on him, especially next with next Sunday coming up. Uh, your leading passers, Fitzpatrick, number one, Big Ben, Breeze, Cousins, Goff, all in the top five. Leading passer for the Bears, Mitch Trubisky, 591 yards passing. That is less than half of what Fitzmagic has. Uh, that's good for 26th in the league, and I think that's a, a lot of the complaints uh, stem from, from that. Uh, it should be noted that uh, Mitch is 26th in the league right now passing. 25th, Tom Brady. 644 yards passing. Just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, the leading rusher in the league right now, Matt Breida from the Niners, who I'll be honest, I'm not very familiar with. He's got 274 yards rushing. Top five in the league right now, Breida, Zeke, uh, Christian McCaffrey from the Panthers, Gurley, uh, AP all day, Adrian Peterson, 28, making another appearance in the top five in the league rushing. Leading rusher for the Bears, Jordan Howard. He's got 178 yards. That's good for number 11 in the league. He's around Joe Mixon and Chris Carson which is, I think he's a much better player than those two. Right now, Howard averaging 59.3 yards rushing per game. If he continues that pace over 16 games, he will not rush for 1,000 yards this season. Something everybody talks about Mitch, which is 100% true, but I feel like Jordan Howard isn't really being utilized correctly either. Uh, As far as receiving, leading receiver in the NFL right now, Michael Thomas of the Saints, 398 yards receiving. This game, the NFL game is just really passing now, like, yeah, there's so many more receivers. Like even when you play fantasy, if you got receivers, you're good, and the running backs are like whatever. But anyway, Michael Thomas of the Saints, 398 in the air. Uh, Evans from Tampa Bay, Juju Smith-Schuster, Thielen, Cooks. Those are all your top five. Uh, the number one receiver for the Bears, Allen Robinson. He's got 194 yards receiving, good for 64 yards a game. That's good enough for number 36. So uh, that's near Randall Cobb and George Kittle. For Allen Robinson, so they need a. He's the best threat they've got. He's doing, you know, pretty good. He might get a thousand yards if he keeps up this pace. I believe 62 is what you need to average. He's averaging 64, but still, the Bears not really uh, a potent offense just yet. Looking at league leaders, though, Miles Garrett of the Browns uh, is listed as leading the NFL with four sacks. However, Cameron Jordan, Khalil Mack, and Von Miller also all have four sacks. So I'm going to go ahead and say Khalil Mack of the Bears leads the NFL with. For sacks. Right now, we are going to take a look at uh, what news? News. And injuries and shit. News. Injuries. Shit. It's news. And injuries. And shit. All right, man. I really, I'm going to try to do everything on my phone here. I'm going to try to upload this on the SoundCloud on my phone, and I hope there's a place where I can click explicit because I'm, I'm probably going to be swearing here. But anyway, so Bears news. <clears throat> Everybody wants to talk about Trubisky. I thought that shit on Trubisky week was last week. That was after the Seahawks game. I thought it was shit on Trubisky week. But now after the Cardinal game, it seems like it's ramped up. So if anybody needs to have a big game next week, it is Mitchell T. Uh, slinging that D. Uh, you, look at, you look at the internet, you jump around. The Bears Wire's got an got a article. Nagy wants Trubisky to start doing the little things right. 
The Loop Sports has an article, Trubisky missed too many open receivers versus the Cardinals. The Sun-Times says, are the Bears giving Trubisky more than he can handle? And believe it or not, I actually found the article 247sports.com, Bear fans pushing for Daniel to start. That blew my mind. Like, with the thing with Trubisky, man, uh, even before I get into that, the Bears brothers uh, had an article for a young, inexperienced offense, patience is a must. I thought it was fascinating that the Bears brothers were the ones talking everybody off the ledge, but all the, the reputable journalistic sites are all like, oh, we're going to die, we're going to die, the Bears are awful, Trubisky's horrible, he's a bust. Uh, you know, what did he do? He started 12 games last year, and they started three now, so that's 15 games. Uh, you know, those first 12 games were under John Fox. He's three games in. Yeah, but he's inaccurate. All right, so we see, yeah, what do we do? Do you bench him? Do you cut him? Do you trade him? Are you ready to cut bait, like, honestly, after 15 games? Uh, the Sun-Times had, had an article, five takeaways from the Cardinals game. The first takeaway was that Mitch Trubisky misses a lot of open receivers. Uh, the second takeaway was that 24 of his 72 completions have been behind the line of scrimmage, so a lot of bubble screens, short stuff. They don't throw it vertically. They don't really attack the defense. Um, the third takeaway was the Bears need to simplify their offensive attack, that they get too cute a lot when they need to just line up and just get that yard on third and one. The uh, fourth fourth takeaway, Khalil Mack's attack, they move him around. They, they, they don't just put him in the same spot and blitz him from the same spot, but they move him all over the field and really keep the uh, other team on their toes. And then they pointed out a, a big injury that not many people are talking about, Tolliver. Rookie cornerback Kevin Tolliver replacing Pins, Prince Amukamura after his injury. He's going to have to get up to speed quick here. Uh, he's going to get some serious uh, snaps, especially against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with a potent wide receiving core. All right, so coming up next, we're going to do the uh, the thing where we talk about uh, Tom Brady and Mitchell Trubisky. This is going to be fascinating. Here we go. All right. Mitch Trubisky. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. All right, so hold on. I'm checking this out on the uh, boom. Perfect. All right, so... I listened to a podcast, the Chicago Bears, the Under Center podcast, and they were uh, analyzing Mitch after the Seattle game. It was a, a major talking point. How long you know, will it take for Mitch Trubisky to get up to speed and, and become a really good player and all that stuff? And they, uh, they really compared Mitchell Trubisky to Ryan Tannehill, you know, saying they both had limited starts in college, and they noted that Tannehill's passer rating got up to 92 in his third year, 88 in his fourth year, and 93 in his fifth season. And uh, I was just really shocked that Trubisky's ceiling is uh, Tannehill. Like, that's, like, never mind, I don't know. He took him number two in the draft. You think he's going to be good. You think he'd be a top ten quarterback, a pro bowler, one of those type of dudes. I didn't really envision Tannehill. And they were really trying to sell the vision on this podcast, the Under Center podcast. They were trying to sell the vision. Hey, can you picture the Bears' defense with a quarterback who has a 93 rating? Because I believe Mitch's is, like, 75 or 76, something like that. And yeah, it would be awesome to have a quarterback whose rating is like 15 points higher or 18 points higher. But it's just uh, it was just really sobering. Like I, I'm like, man, I, I legit compare this dude to Tom Brady every week. And like smart people who have access, I compare him to Ryan Tannehill. Like, like my thing is very tongue in cheek. But man, that was you talk about the morning after. God, that was brutal. Yeah, I was not in the mood for that. Anyway, also a lot of people saying that uh, Mahomes really benefited last year from sitting behind Alex Smith for the whole year. He only started one game last year. If that's so beneficial and so helpful to quarterback's development, why didn't the Bears do that with Trubisky? Like, did they really have to rush him in after four games of Mike Glennon? Like, was last year were the Bears really a threat to win games and make the playoffs? Like, you know, 
And on, you know, so you, you threw him into an, an unwinnable situation last year. So now he, he looks like how he does. So are you saying that Trubisky is so warped and broken now that he'll never develop into a good quarterback? Are you saying he's a finished product and he's just done? Like 15 starts, oh, I'm, you know, wash your hands. Well, that was a bust. Let's get it. Let's let's draft another quarterback next year because that's what the Browns did from like '99 to like 2016. You know, uh, should they trade him and start Chase Daniel? I, I wrote that facetiously. I didn't know that 247 article was out there where people actually want to start Daniel. Uh, how long should you give a quarterback prospect? Do you give him a year, like a month, like a half? You know, like I. I've always heard that when they draft a player, they try to give them 36 games, like 35, 36 games, because at that point, you're probably in your third year. And if you're not going to make it, they know by then. Like they, they always say that there's a chance that the light goes on somewhere between, you know, your first game and your 35th or 36th game. So Mitch is on 15 games. So it might it might still be another year. Who knows? But uh, hey, two and one, first first in the north. Anyway, back to Brady. <laughs> this whole thing is uh, Tom Brady versus uh, Mitchell T. I compare 2002 Brady to to this year's uh, Mitchell Trubisky. The reason is um, in Brady's first year starting, he averaged 189 yards, 189 yards passing a game. Last year in Trubisky's first year starting, he averaged 182 yards a game. So I felt like those are similar. I wanted to see. Uh, how Mitch progressed and what his trajectory was. Obviously, it's not been great this year. Um, in Brady's third game <clears throat> in 2002, the Patriots beat the Chiefs 41-38. to Brady went for 410 yards, four touches, one pick. He had a rating of 110. Uh, in Mitchell Trubisky's third game this past weekend, he went for 220, no touches, one pick. He's got a rating of 73. So four touches... <laughs> <laughs> to zero touches, one ten to seventy three. Not good, not good. After after three games, Brady had gone for nine touches, two picks, nine hundred seventy three yards. After three games, Trubisky has two touches, three picks, and uh, five hundred ninety one yards passing. So the numbers aren't even close. Um, so you gotta you gotta ask, hey man, why wouldn't you just TKO and say this thing is over? Brady's a monster. Trubisky is nowhere near him. Here's why. Here's why. There's actually a point. Tom Brady went for under 200 yards in six of his final 11 games as a year. That, that's more than half the time. So he got out to this great start in 2002, and then he really cooled off from the middle of October on. Um, you can't judge the whole season by what has happened on September 23rd, being this past Sunday. You actually have to play all 16 games to see what happens. So maybe Mitch is this in September, and then he's a little better in October maybe a little better in November. Who knows? Or maybe he really is terrible. I don't know. But Bill Simmons didn't even call Tom Brady a star until like the 2004 season. So keep in mind, it, it takes years. It, it's not an overnight thing. Everybody wants it immediately, but everybody's an asshole. So fuck everyone. I don't know. Anyway, coming up next, we're looking at the 85 Bears. This week in 1985. Five. 1985. This week in 1985. All right, the 85 Bears rolling. In my head, I have the 85 Bears as the best team, like, ever. But going back and looking at these games, you really see how they did struggle in games and how they really did almost lose games. Uh, the third game of the year for the 85 Bears, Thursday, a Thursday night game. I don't remember that. I remember, I thought I was, I always thought it was a Monday night game, but according to Wikipedia, or Pro Football Reference, I'm sorry, Thursday, September 19th, 1985, at the Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome, one of the most famous games in Bears history, uh, the Minnesota Vikings jump out to a 17-9 lead on the Bears. Uh, Steve Fuller had been playing quarterback because McMahon was injured or whatever. Jimmy Mack comes off the bench, bam, hits Willie Galt for a 70-yard touch. 
bam, hits Dennis McKinnon for a 25-yard touch and then hits McKinnon for another touchdown, 43 yards. Bears go on to win. In my, uh, what did they win? I didn't even write the final score. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right, so they won the game. I don't know what the final score was, but uh, McMahon finished with 236, three touches off the bench. I would check my phone, but I'm trying to record on it, and I don't want to erase the podcast right in the middle of it. Jimmy Mack, 236, three touches off the bench. Walter Payton, 15 carries for 62 yards. Those are Jordan Howard numbers. And, of course, the big receiving yards, Willie Galt, 146 with a touch, and Dennis McKinnon, 133 and two touches. Also in that game. Very interesting to note. Tommy Kramer, the quarterback of the Vikings, uh, went for 436 yards in the air. Three touches, three picks, but there is a wide receiver on the Vikings. That game, 1985. His name is Buster Rhymes, right? And that is the dude that Buster Rhymes uh, chose his rap name after. Like, I think Buster Rhymes' real name is like Trevor Smith or something like that. It's, I don't know. But he, they asked him, how'd you get that name, Buster Rhymes? And he, he said he, he was watching... Uh, football game and he was actually a, a wide receiver at Oklahoma he played at Oklahoma in college and his name was Buster Rhymes and he just took that name and kind of flipped it and made it his own thing that was I found that fascinating Buster Rhymes was 89 yards receiving against the Bears that night uh, more than half of his yards receiving for his entire NFL career he's only in the league for two years but anyway fun fact fun fact coming up next we're gonna take a sneak peek at the upcoming Bears game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers sneak peek coming up what's next all right, what is next? All right, so Tampa Bay comes to Chicago, not in December when it is snowy, but coming up this Sunday. The game is at 1 o'clock Eastern, 12 Central, Soldier Field. The Bears, three-point favorites. Uh, Tampa Bay currently 2-1, and one, good for first place in the south, where the Bears are 2-1, and one, good for first place in the north. Now the Bucks are coming up with a loss to the Steelers. Monday Night Football, they lost a tough one, 30-27. If you go look at the Tampa Bay Times... The uh, big newspaper down there in Tampa, their sports section. Everybody's talking about who's going to be the quarterback. Who's going to be the quarterback? Um, obviously, Jameis is the franchise guy, but he keeps getting suspended for foolish uh, and immature things. And Fitz Magic, like I said earlier, is leading the league in passing. So we will see. I don't believe they've named a starter yet as of recording. I don't know. I'm not on the Internet. None of my computers at work work here. So uh, Other things they're talking about in Tampa Bay, why the Bucks kept going to Chris Godwin, controversial wide receiver for the Bucks. There was a couple of articles asking for Jameis to start, saying this is the, the most you could get from Fitzmagic, but he'll eventually cool off. Uh, Pro Football Weekly had an article, Bucks haven't confirmed it, but Fitzmagic should start. Again, you got to wait and see. Uh, and it basically pointed out that Fitzpatrick is the first quarterback in NFL history to go over 400 yards in three straight games, which is pretty impressive. I remember when going over 300 was like awesome, and now it's just like average, uh, the way they throw the ball. These days, get off my lawn. All right, anyway, uh, long story short, all that stuff is just window dressing. Here's the deal. The Bucks have a short week, uh, and they're on the road, and there's questions about the quarterback. So say they start Fitzpatrick, and he's not on fire. Is he going to be peeping over his shoulder looking for Jameis? I don't know. What if they start Jameis, and Jameis isn't on fire? Will he be peeping over his shoulder looking for Fitzpatrick? I don't know. Anyway, the Bears don't have any of that. The Bears have a full seven-day week. Uh... You know, they're at home and they don't have any of those distractions. They just have Trubisky. Trubisky's got a long leash. Trust me. The only way he's coming out is if he's injured. So, uh, you know what? Bears win. 
Bears win. That's all we need to know. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up for this grimy edition recorded on the phone of Bear Down Wednesday. I'm going to try to upload this to SoundCloud and see if I can get it on the internet. Again, I'm Jason Bell, bdwednesdays at gmail.com. On Twitter, at bdwednesdays. Uh, Take it easy. Have a good one. And we will see you uh, next time. Peace.